Welcome to today's edition of the Author's Corner, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. I'm Roberta Foster, and today I welcome Robert D. Jones to Author's Corner. He has written the book, My Spouse Was Unfaithful, Finding Strength in God's Presence, which is published by New Growth Press, and he'll tell you more about how to find the book at the end of the program. First of all, My Spouse Was Unfaithful is part of the Ask the Christian Counselor series. This series walks readers through their deepest and most profound questions, bringing gospel hope and healing to the problem they are facing. And this book, written by Robert D. Jones, he serves as a biblical counselor and professor and department chair at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He previously served as a pastor in West Virginia and North Carolina, as well as a professor at Southeastern Seminary, and has written several other books. Robert, thank you so much for being with our listeners on Author's Corner. I'm very glad to be here today, Roberta. Thank you. So this is a subject that is uh, largely um, important to both the believer and unbelievers. Uh, Sadly, that there's so much of this going on, even within the body of Christ. And so, um, as I understand it, the book was written, um, of course, by the title, to those who have been betrayed by sexual infidelity. Um, But there are other areas of marital unfaithfulness that are discussed in this book, and why don't you share kind of the range that you talk about in the book? Yes, happy to. Um, It's actually not only for marriage. One could uh, use this in any kind of relationship, including dating, engagement, or even even close friends. Mm -hmm. But in terms of kinds of betrayal, I think we could include things like financial deceit or misappropriating, you know, marital assets. uh, And then, of course, emotional affairs. And even there's some principles here for intimate partner violence, though, of course, we want to make sure we have protection and legal matters in place for those kinds of problems. And the other audience really is actually for the helpers, uh, those who will be coming alongside, both friends as well as pastors and mm. counselors who want to help in all these situations. So we've deliberately tried to have that in mind as, as I wrote the book. Okay. So you write about three suggestions that you offer the readers as they set out to read your book, My Spouse Was Unfaithful. Why don't you share those with our listeners? Yes, I think uh, because it's a biblical um, counseling approach, we really want people to read with an open Bible and to be able to commune and pray to the Lord, and also to read this along with a uh, godly friend, same gender um, um, friend, uh, or your pastor or pastor's wife, someone who can kind of assist you. And then the other thing I would simply say is you've got to be patient working through these things. These problems usually don't develop quickly, Mm -hmm. and and the crisis may even ebb, but there's a lot of aftermath to the crisis that still needs to be addressed. So be patient and persevere. Is the goal of your book and helping people deal with this um, trauma in their life, uh, is the goal reconciliation? We would hope that if there's true repentance by the offender and an, an ability by the sinned against person to be able to forgive and develop trust, our desire, of course, would be to see these marriages restored. But uh, we want to be careful not to offer to the reader any simplistic hope, uh, you know, the, the big capital H hope, we might call it, that it will be restored, rather to do what uh, God would help her typically or him to do. Um, to do what could lead to restoration, but without making that a guarantee. And that's a major problem here, Robert, I think, 
uh, when, when people do get it in their mind that if they just do X, Y, or Z, the marriage will be uh, restored. And it isn't always that easy. Do most people that end up coming into counseling, do they come with the hope of restoration or just how to heal their own wounds? Yeah, I think it varies, really does vary. I always have like a trick question uh-huh. that I ask my students. And the trick question is, uh, uh, so-and-so calls and they've just been cheated on. Um, what are they going through? And students always ask and say things like, well, they're hurt, they're angry, whatever. I say, well, the answer is you don't know mm-hmm. until you sit down with them. Because mm-hmm. the motive of the sin against person in this case could include, I really want to see restoration, or mm-hmm. could be, I don't ever want to see this person again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Varies. Yeah. Well, at the beginning, you mentioned that it could be as not necessarily always an, a sexual infidelity, but a financial. So are there steps in helping the wounded person different depending on what type of infidelity? Uh, we didn't specify in the book, it's a short book, um, the difference between financial and other kinds of deceit, but the principles in terms of learning to uh, draw near to the Lord and how to respond to the other party um, are applicable, I think, to all sorts of kinds of deceit or okay. betrayal. Yeah. In the book, you say there are three facts that are always true regarding a spouse's infidelity and are important to keep in mind as they process what has happened. So what are these three facts? Yes, I need to be clear with a person that you have been sinned against. Um, we like to use euphemisms in our culture and, you know, affair, whatever. But this ultimately is is a very serious thing that's mm-hmm. happened. Um, even sinned against, your covenant marital commitment has been, has been injured here. I also want to make sure the person understands the other spouse's sin is not your fault. It never was your fault. You are not responsible for the sins of someone else. And a lot of people kind of have a, a confused and a distorted guilt here. And I think the third thing is to say that uh, this kind of adultery particularly, and I'm I'm putting that even above financial deceit, Mm -hmm. um, is is a very serious sin in that it is a breaking of the one flesh relationship, or Mm -hmm. or violating is probably a better word here. And this is not just like an average sin. And I say that because the... um, the offender could sometimes say, well, you know, you weren't perfect either, but mm-hmm. we're not talking about apples and apples at this point. That They're, they're not to be compared. Mm. Mm. Well, I have more to talk about with Robert D. Jones, and we're discussing his book, My Spouse Was Unfaithful, Finding Strength in God's Presence, which is published by New Growth Press. And you're listening to Author's Corner. I'm Roberta Foster. So, Robert, um, you also have uh, 10 steps for moving forward after betrayal. And rather than going into all of them, would you share a couple that maybe are more surprising than uh, what is expected? I think the first step is always the most important in any kind of situation like this, and that is to believe that God is now powerfully present with you Mm. to help you. We have to start there, because if we don't start there, then we have all sorts of questions and doubts about God. And so I think we have to deal with that. You know, Psalm 46 is classic. It's an earthquake scene. 
God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. Mm. And uh, I find that this is such a crisis for someone, understandably so, that they really need to be able to turn to to the Lord. And I think coupled with that, I would add, um, it's actually what we call step three, would be understanding that your core identity is that you are a son or daughter of God, primarily not the spouse of your cheating husband or your cheating wife. And it's vital, I think, that we get those identity things uh, solidly implanted there. One of the key emotional and spiritual um, acts that we have to go through, uh, certainly in uh, an affair or in adultery, is forgiveness. And um, share with our listeners just how uh, important that is, and that you even say that there are two levels of forgiveness. It's a confusing topic, I think, sometimes in our evangelical world as to whether you forgive someone who is not repentant. Mm. And so I would argue in this book, also if I can mention my Pursuing Peace book as well, that we should think of forgiveness in terms of two levels or two layers that there is an unconditional kind of forgiveness, I think it's taught in passages like Mark 11.25, where we must uh, let go of the bitterness, we must release the spouse from our judgment, we must uh, not be the judge and executioner, and uh, we should be willing to, and even desirous, to reconcile if there's repentance. And then that second level or layer is uh, comes that this is conditioned upon repentance. If the other party repents, then we should offer forgiveness, and I would call that a transactional forgiveness or relational forgiveness. And I think sorting those two things out is very valuable, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if the, if the other person has not repented. Absolutely. As you're going through the counseling with um individuals, how does, or how often does the issue of pornography come up in the um, infidelity issue, or or maybe it's even been restricted to the use of pornography that uh, somebody is coming to you to get counsel on? I think usually uh, where there's been sexual betrayal, there will have been um, pornography or at least mental lust going on prior to the actual involvement physically with another person. Um, I do think pornography and adultery are not identical, so I think they are, um, they, they are to be treated and handled differently. Okay. Not that either is uh, not sinful, but I do think the adultery takes mm-hmm. it to another level beyond just uh, pornography. But, of course, both are sinful and both need counseling help by both the, uh, for both the offender as well as the sinned against uh, wife or husband. And I should have asked this question after the previ- previous one, but maybe we can jump back to the fact of um, whether or not the offending spouse has repented. Uh, how do you handle it if the um, previous or the offending spouse has not uh, repented, and how do you encourage the, um, the one offended against it to go forward? Yeah, so... This is where the whole starting with God becomes crucial, because, as we said, there's no guarantee the spouse will repent. Mm -hmm. And therefore, um, you have to be able to have a right view 
of God. Uh, but beyond that, we certainly want to help the person know how to approach. Uh, I'm going to use just um, the husband-wife, kind of um, the, the wife's been sinned against, to help her to know how to approach her husband, mm-hmm. how to confront. We, we give some direction on that. And the other major factor here, of course, is going to be the presence of the church mm-hmm. or someone else who can uh, help uh, both her and him, uh, you know, a mentor couple, a godly man or a pastor who can confront the, um, the sinning spouse and mm-hmm. try to lead them to repentance and, and to pray for him mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And so what is the last piece of counsel that you offer at the end of your book, My Spouse Was Unfaithful? You know, Roberta, I have not personally experienced this, nor has my wife, uh, the subject of this book, but I wrote it because I've had a lot of uh, opportunities to counsel uh, people, particularly women, but also some men Mm -hmm. who have been sinned against. And one of the things, and and I I give that little disclaimer because I don't want to sound, you know, uh, unsympathetic, but Mm -hmm. we have to realize that life cannot merely be related to marital infidelity. Mm -hmm. There are children involved, there's your own health, there's your job, there's your career, there's your uh, your church, there's friends, and so we've got to get the bigger reality, the the big picture, that your life is is more than your marriage, and life in Jesus Christ is bigger, not only in this life, of course, in the life to come, and so Mm -hmm. we really want to give some kind of big picture perspective. Um, Colossians 3, Psalm 73, so many good Mm -hmm. passages that we could turn to. I've been talking with Robert D. Jones about the book, My Spouse Was Unfaithful, Finding Strength in God's Presence. So Robert, how can people find out more about this book and others that you have written? Well, these books are available, of course, everywhere where books are sold, as as people would say. So Mm -hmm. they just need to... um, yeah, Google the title and uh, yeah, do a search for the title and you'll come up with all the different resources there. Or uh, they can email me at robertdjones.bob at gmail.com. robertdjones.bob at gmail.com. All right, so one Thank more you. time. The book today is My Spouse Was Unfaithful, Finding Strength in God's Presence. We've been talking with Robert D. Jones, and we certainly thank New Growth Press for giving us a copy of the book to talk about today. And Robert, thank you so much for your time today. Roberta, thank you. And to the listener, if you've missed any part of today's interview or would like to hear it again, you can find it on your favorite podcast provider or through KNEO.org. So be sure to join me again next time on Author's Corner. I'm Roberta Foster. Roberta Foster.